minute three of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Rob. Today we're talking about Minute 3. Minute 3 starts with the disclaimer that this is based on a true story and ends with some German motorcycles parking. So, like I said, we get this um, disclaimer... This is a true story. Although the characters are composites of real men and time and place have been compressed. Every detail of the escape is the way it really happened. I actually have a lot to say about this fact. Again, this wasn't something that was done so much at the time that this, uh, this movie was made in the, in, you know, in the sixties to, to take a block and, I mean, the, the story uh, is still relatively fresh in people's minds. The, you know, the, the movie came out 19 years after the, the events. A lot of the, the, the people who survived the story uh, and their family members are around. So they have to be very careful with what they're doing and what they're saying. So to put a disclaimer in within the, you know, right at the beginning of the third minute says a lot. It basically says, okay, you know, we, we don't want to piss anyone off here. We're, what we're trying to do is we know that this was a great event and uh, it's a great story to tell. We're going to tell it a little differently than it really happened. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to try to stay as true as possible. But at the same time, uh, we're not going to use the real people. We're going to be changing the, the time and places and things like that. To, so that, uh, as uh, as you mentioned yesterday, you know, when you read the book, that, uh, you know, a lot of this planning took months and months of of uh, of, of all these these uh, prisoners getting together and figuring out how to do things. But in this in the movie, they, they compress the time and it, it makes things a lot more effective. From that perspective, the fact is, though, and and they want us to know that even though we're, we're watching a fictional account of the story, basically they they tried as hard as possible to to stay as true to what really happened the entire time. And I think that's a very bold statement to make, especially uh, at this time, because like I said, people are still alive who 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 are directly affected by it. The 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 repercussions of of the the events of this movie, which I'm sure most people who are listening to this have already seen the movie, but we'll, we'll try to keep it somewhat spoiler free. But okay. uh, the bottom line is is that uh, a lot of people are are connected to the to, to the events that happened here, and uh, they they just want to be as as careful as possible here. So I, I think it says a lot that they're able to put this right at the beginning of, of the movie. You know, nowadays you, you will, you'll have one little line saying this is based on a true story or, or that, or they'll actually say this is a true story or you'll, you'll have it just in the end credits, you know, basically, uh, you know, telling us what happened to some of the characters or whatever it is. But again, to, to, to do this so early in the movie and have it as a full, you know, the full text, it stays on screen for, for obviously, uh, enough seconds because you have to be able to, to sit and read it. And, uh, you know, you still have the events going on behind it. They're actually, the you know, the, the convoy actually reaches their destination. The text stays on screen for 20 seconds till, until the, the convoy actually gets gets to the camp itself. And uh, once again, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to watch that the credits are rolling, but something is still going on in the background. Uh, you know, you have this entire convoy moving along and you have all these trucks and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I found it to be quite interesting that, that, that they chose to do it this way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's yeah. like you're saying nowadays you might get uh, based on a true story and what that means very much will fluctuate depending on who wrote the movie and you get a movie like the blind side where it's like, it, yeah, it, this guy actually exists and he's a professional football player. 
but very little of his childhood is depicted anything like, you know, it actually was, you know, and then, you know, you get the opposite end where you get basically dramatized documentaries. And this one falls, in my opinion, a little closer to that side. Obviously, it's not a documentary. There's plenty of those about this out there, but it gives you that nice, now, dramatization of what happened while still doing what it can to hold true to the story while still being entertaining. Correct. I mean, they, they, they do a great job of it. And also, if, when you, when you watch this, this, uh, this minute visually, it, it, uh, again, it shows the contrast because they come from the lush, you know, of Bavarian countryside and then you get to an area which is filled with sand. You know, it's, it, uh, it, it definitely, is very different from the the forest around it. You, know, you have all the these these tall evergreen trees around you know around the camp, but the camp itself you have you know it's all it's all uh, grayish beige the the way that it looks. And uh, this is also the first first time that we get a, a chance to actually see the layout of of the camp, or at least part of the layout of the camp. What's interesting is, is that you can see that uh, there are a number of uh, huts that uh, is basically the German offices, which we'll see through the course of the movie also, but how it's situated away from the from the gates. You know, there's there's a little bit of a distance, which obviously makes sense. Yeah, so in, in this in this minute, you see the, the, the convoy arrive at the camp. You get to see the number of guard towers, the way that, that, that those are all situated also. You get to see some of the huts of where the... The, the prisoners are are, are going to be uh, kept uh, just to give us a, a general visual layout of of everything that's going on here. And then you slowly see that that the cars each of them stop and they stop in different places also, which which is also very telling. And what what's interesting is someone who's seen this movie before. You know, you you look at uh, who comes who gets out of some of these uh, cars. It's very interesting because you know they show one of the staff cars. You have a German open the door, and out comes two of the British officers, which someone who hasn't seen this movie before wouldn't wouldn't be able to recognize who they are. I mean, basically, you have Ramsey and McDonald, you know, come out. Uh, Ramsey, because of the fact that he's the uh, SBO, senior uh, British officer uh, in the camp, so he obviously gets some privileges and doesn't have to uh, be cramped in the, the trucks that uh, that we see go by also. What, what what was interesting to me is that McDonald was the one who was with him because uh, throughout the movie McDonald is 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 always with Big X. You know, he he's you obviously you see him with Ramsey, but here it makes it seem as if he's his uh, uh right-hand man. Right. Uh, which is never quite mentioned throughout the course of the movie, you know, the connection between the two of them. But I think this just seeing the two of them uh get out of the car together says that uh, the two of them definitely have uh, a strong connection, uh, whether whether it's just a military connection or possibly it could be that they they have a, a friendly connection. You know that uh, they say to Ramsey, "Okay, you're going," and pick someone to go with you, and so he picks you know one of his one of his comrades to to go with him on there. It's it's also interesting watching the way that the, the German soldiers uh, act in this. You have the, the German officers that, that, that look at, uh, at Ramsey and uh, McDonald, and then they look away quickly. You know, just a, just a quick glance. And then you have the, the motorcycles, they go off on, on one side of the of the gate, and then you have a, a troop carrier that shows up. If, if you actually count, there are uh, eight soldiers in the troop car- char- carrier that uh, were guarding all these prisoners. And then you have, uh, basically, the, the, the convoy itself. You know, you have uh, two motorcycles, followed by two sidecar motorcycles, followed by two staff cars. Then you have a troop carrier, which uh, is the one that I mentioned before that has the eight soldiers in it. 
and then you have a group of, I think, five or six of the trucks, and then you have motorcycles uh, in between, and then you have the rest of the trucks. So I, I found it interesting to, to you know, they, they show you the type of defense that, that they, they try to, to have in uh, this particular case. You know, just that, uh, you know, you have 250 prisoners, but uh, they're guarded by, uh, let's say, 20, maybe 30 uh, guards. But uh, they're they're able to do it well. <laughs> well, and, I mean, just looking at the layout of the camp, I mean, it looks like a miniature version of a, you know, a normal military camp. You have, you know, some sort of, perimeter set up you know it just it doesn't look to me like i guess what i'm trying to say is it doesn't look to me like a jail you know which i understand pow's is a little different but whenever i think of a pow camp it always makes me think of a jail type situation and seeing this it looks like it would be you know if you told me the americans had something that looks like this in you know i lost my train of thought um, in Iraq, in right. Iraq, Afghanistan, right. Saudi it looks Arabia. very similar to what is set up there. And I always thought that was interesting. Um, and I did want to touch on, just go back just a hair, when you were talking about McDonald. I've always kind of thought McDonald was Ramsey's XO, um, executive officer. And I don't know if that's because they come out of the car together or... I mean, we always kind of see Ramsey McDonald and Big X together. And so I just always thought of McDonald as his XO, and that's why they're so the three of them are so often together. I don't know what your okay. thoughts on that. I don't know no, if no. you had any thoughts on that, Rob. No, that's fine. That, that, that I can understand. Another thing I wanted to point out about the, the camp, the, the layout and everything like that. I mean, obviously this is mentioned a little bit later on, but it, but it just looks completely brand new. It looks like they just, you know, cut down all the trees in the area and, and, you know, decided to, 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 to build this camp right there. Obviously the, the camp that they build in the movie where, where they actually did build a duplicate of, of the, the camp, you know, that, that was obviously new also. And later on, we're actually going to be, uh, Hopefully, talking with with one or maybe even two people that, that that have actually visited where they created the sets and even the the places uh, where this really took place. So that'll be interesting to hear their perspectives, what they think about the uh, the layout and how everything played out. You know, how they built if they built the sets uh, properly and did things right. Well, another thing I found very interesting here is also you see the group of soldiers that are waiting, you know, standing at attention. You have a group of soldiers waiting for all of these trucks to arrive. And, and basically you only have 10 soldiers that are sitting there waiting for them. I guess, I guess it, it, it comes from a military standpoint that if you, you know, if you have enough good and competent guards, you're able to, to hold 250 prisoners uh, properly. I think this is also a, a good point for us to, to maybe discuss uh, with everyone, tell everyone what our history is with, with this movie. Yeah. You know, you why... Yeah, you can go once. Oh, I was gonna like, I was gonna ask you if you wanted to delve into yours and <laughs> also how this relates to some of your just movie history. If you wanted to get into that a little bit as well. Okay, sure, no problem. I can do that. My my stepfather used to to, to love this movie, and he also loved uh, the Bridge on the River Kwai, and he loved uh, Stalag Seventeen. Those were three of his favorite movies uh, from when he was a. Uh, a, a teenager and when he was in his uh, 20s and whatever he always made sure that that whenever it was on that we would we watched these movies with him and you know me being a, a movie fan from from a very very early age uh whenever 
you know, I had the chance to, to, to watch something new, I would watch it. And, uh, so this is a movie, one of the movies that, that, that I watched and, and I loved it the first time I saw it. I, I can't even say how many times I've seen it over the years. I mean, the, I, the first time I saw it was, was in the mid eighties. So I must have been probably about uh, 10, 12, something like that. I, I, I have a, a guesstimation that I've probably seen it, uh, 20 or 25 times over the years. Something like that. I, I, again, I, I, I have no way of of actually knowing because uh, you know I only started keeping track of my movie watching uh, years later. But it's definitely very high on that. I mean, on on my website, I've already reviewed it six times in the last eight years. You know, it's something that that uh, I try to watch uh, at least once a year because it's uh, it's a film that that I enjoy so much. I, I actually also recall that at some point, uh, I think I must have been around sixteen or seventeen. I was visiting uh, relatives. And you know, I was I was there for a few days over the weekend, or maybe it was a week. I don't remember how long I was there for. And so I was I was a little bored. I didn't have anything to do, so I went through their videotapes. And uh, one of the one of the videotapes they had was uh, a VHS version of this, which was a uh, you know it was on two cassettes. You know, back now I'm sure a lot of people here uh, listening can relate. You know that that back in the the 80s when you have a movie that's third that was three hours long. You know, most videotapes uh, that were taped in, uh, I think it was called SP, uh, right. would only fit two hours. So, so uh, you know, you had to, you finished it, and then you had to put, pop in the next uh, video to, to continue it. You know, obviously today things are very different, <laughs> especially, especially you know, with with DVDs and Blu-rays and uh, you know, uh, digital copies of, of movies and stuff like that. So that that makes things uh, much easier because you don't have to. To, to wait that little bit of time in between. Um, so, like I said, for me, this is this has always been one of my favorite movies. It's, been, it's such a fun movie to watch, and you know the fact that I've seen it so many times. You know, I never get bored of it, and it's always fun catching new things in, in this movie. Yeah. So, just remembered. I forgot yesterday when we were discussing this. I forgot to mention it. Um, I actually read the book also by by Paul Brickhill uh, back when I was probably about uh, seventeen or eighteen. I read the book and I remember enjoying it. Unfortunately, uh, my copy somehow disappeared over the 30 years since then. So I haven't reread it then. I'm trying to track down a copy now so that uh, while we're doing this, at some point I'll, I'll hopefully be able to read it and get a, a whole new perspective on the story. Why don't you tell me your history with this movie, Tom? Oh, why don't we... We can go into that. Or do you want to wait and do that tomorrow? Yeah, let's do that tomorrow. tomorrow you leave, them, leave them wanting a little more. Leave them excited for what tomorrow brings. <laughs> So, uh, did you have any other notes specific to this minute? No, no. I, I think we got everything that, that I had marked down. All right. Well, if you have a moment, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google, or wherever else you're getting your podcast from. If you want to contact us, our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. Our Twitter is at greatescape. MXM, or you can join our Facebook group. It's called The Cooler. And other than that, we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.